Patrick. Welcome to the Downright Upright Show, the place to go to hear out loud and proud what Minnesotans are thinking. And I am your host, Philip Anthony. Thank you all for joining us today. And I hope everyone is doing fantabulous. And <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to the show yet, Erin, but fantabulous means fantastic and fabulous put together twice as nice. And that saves time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you feeling fantabulous? I'm feeling fantabulous. By the way, I, you can you cannot appreciate Erin's uh, garb today. She looks absolutely <laughs> amazing. I mean, when she walked in, I was like, oh, I'm not worthy. <laughs> she looks amazing. Well, thank you, Philip. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, my special guest today is singer-performer Erin Livingston, who will be performing her show entitled, I'm going to get it right, I Am Woman, The Music of Helen Reddy. That's right. At Crooner's Supper Club on Sunday, February the 4th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. And if you come an hour earlier, you can order food. Absolutely. Is what I heard. Yes. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah, the yes. roasted beet salad is fabulous. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> the prime rib, too, I heard. Yep. So, yeah, you got to go. You We're going to talk go. about this at the end. And um, if you like, especially if you like Helen Reddy. And if you don't know who she is, you're missing out on everything. You have to listen to her music as well. And at the end of, show, at the, end of the show, we will provide you with all the information on how to get tickets uh, to this amazing Helen mm -hmm. Reddy tribute yeah. show. So, hello, Erin. Welcome Hi. to the Downright Upright. Hi, honey. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for oh, having me. Oh my God, me. it's been <laughs> it's been on my bucket list. I, I, you know, full disclosure, Helen Reddy is probably <clears throat> one of the my favorite singers of all time because I grew up in the '70s, right? And she was the goat. I mean, Absolutely. she was on everything. She had so many number one records. I think she had nine, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was insane. Her own TV show, uh, hosting every, Midnight Special. She won the Grammy the for I Am Woman. Uh, <laughs> three, uh, she won um, the American Music Awards. She she even got an, uh, a nomination, a Glo Golden Globe nomination for her role in Airpo Airport 1974, right. was it? Right. Yeah. But, I mean, she did theater. 75. She did, you know, she's, um, she's the whole ball of wax. Yeah. So we're going to talk about your career, her career, okay. your performances. Oh, this is going to be my, <laughs> this is going to be this is my bailiwick, guys. Okay, so be <laughs> so before we talk about your your amazing career, I want to ask. I always ask my guests how everything began for you. Mm. So, Erin, would you tell the audience uh, where you were born, raised, went to school, and any memories of that time that you could connect to? Uh, what's happening now in your life? Yeah. Um, I was born in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, moved around a lot as my mother quickly became a single mother uh, at a time when there really weren't single mothers, uh, you know, doing a lot of that. So we moved a lot. I went to, I think, seven different schools and lived in two different states and five different uh, homes before the third grade. Hmm. So by the time we settled down in third grade, I was a little little shook, <laughs> you know, a little shaken. It was kind of, so um, just at the right time, I, I went to this amazing school um, that was a really great, uh, had great a music program. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Dietrich. Thank you to, to a music teacher. Always, you know, squeeze your, love your music teachers because <laughs> they saved the world. Uh, they, you know, oh, she yeah. saved mine. She absolutely saved mine. Um, and it was kind of, a, I feel like third grade is when I really started to exist um, because I was one of the first 
white kids to be bused into uh, a black school. Milwaukee at the time was incredibly segregated, very behind the times, very much yeah. like a fishbowl. And there was the black side of town and the white side of town, and there the twain shall meet. Um, and so I got bused to the other side of town, which was amazing. It was an amazing cultural experience. I learned so much uh, that I never would have, you know, had I remained homogenized and, <laughs> you know, the white schools and everything. But I also had this great musical uh, exposure, uh, partly because of the community I was in. You know, we had a drill team. We had a gospel choir. I went to my little girlfriend's churches where, you know, the windows rattled and, you know, there was this amazing, you know, Southern gospel music. And I was just, it blew my mind. I'm sure, At the yeah. same time that I was at the home listening to country music, I was planning on being Barbara Mandrell when I grew up. I was going <laughs> to, you know, do all of that. Um, but I was That's a, cute. You know, but I started taking classical flute in third grade and I started singing at the same time. Uh, it all just happened at the same time. And I, as I say, by the time I landed in third grade, I was pretty battered, pretty bruised, pretty, you know, knocked around, always a new kid in school, never any friends. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first latchkey kids, you know. Cause, I was too. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And I don't I don't know how, how your parents handled it, but my mom was rightfully so very nervous and anxious about this. You know, if anybody knows you're home alone, you know, they call social services and take you away. So, you know, I was raised with just, fear come home lock the door don't answer the phone close the curtains don't let anybody know you're here you know and she was working in a man's world which was tough so she had to work three times as long and you know she'd get home 11 12 o'clock at night and then i'm you know first grade (laughs) second grade just on your own Uh you know because she's got to make a living Uh you know um and all that stuff so when the music came along and all that in third grade it was amazing um i remember the teacher uh, went down the row. She was doing uh, tryouts for choir, maybe for souls in the choir, and she'd have us all sing a little ditty, you know. And uh, my girlfriend, uh, her father was a Baptist minister, so she opened her mouth, this little itty bitty little thing, and this big huge voice came out, and I went, "I want to do that. I want to. I want to do it." So I immediately, kind of, you know, the the big country. Diva singers, you know, um, I had gotten somehow gotten hold of a Cleo Lane tape, listened to Cleo Lane, who just blew my mind. Uh-huh, you know, yeah, Sarah yeah, Vaughn yeah. like popped in my world somewhere, and he went, "Oh, oh, my husband will love you because he loves Sarah." Yeah, Vaughn. all all of those things kind of came together starting in third grade, <clears> and it all just you know I sang and performed. I was in choir, I played flute, and it was amazing for so many reasons. But one of them was I had always been kind of isolated, you know, moving a lot, uh, latchkey kid. When I played the flute, when I sang, people smiled at me. <laughs> they were nice to me. <laughs> you know, they liked me. And it was kind of a nice end for a, a kiddo who uh, probably some of my social skills had again atrophied, I'm sure, you know, a little unsure and secure, really, ter- you know, kind of terrified of life in general. And it was yeah. like, oh, this is a safe way to be, to be musical and open and sharing that creativity with other kids and your teacher and everything and it was uh, just an amazing healing balm for me oh, all of my life and continues to be to this day yeah yeah I, I you know I was at very young when I heard you know so I don't remember this but my dad died when I was about to turn five uh tragically he was I'm sorry he was killed thank you and um he saw a, a, the music musician in me Oh, that's my wonderful. father, and he used to take me to all the relatives' house with this little record player with the forty-five of the name game. Oh, that's great! And this is the story because I don't I don't remember any of it. Okay. And he'd put on the record. Come on, sing and dance for everybody, Philly. Oh, and, and, Philly. And, Philly. <laughs> and I would sing the name game with this little little boy. You know, oh. you know Shirley, Shirley, Bo Burley, Bo Nanny, yeah. You know, and 
everybody laughed and clapped. It was, you know. That's really sweet. So I got my um, liking and love of music from that. Yeah. uh, Because I knew even after that, I I just wanted, I loved singing. I tried to do it. It didn't work out, but I still love doing it. Karaoke is my thing now. Yeah. Well, and we know now, too, that it's so, it's self-therapeutic. I mean, it, you know, stimulates the vagus nerve, which is really healing. You know, it's it's great for, you know, uh, the breath work, you know, automatically get your breath work in. I mean, I'm not, I'm all over it, of course. <laughs> you know, I think everybody should I love sing. that. Is it called the vagus nerve? The vagus nerve. We'll talk. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, oh, it's oh, it's boy. a nerve that runs all through the body. It um it just it's an, it's a mere vagus nerve work. Everybody needs to do it. <laughs> the name is 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 incredible. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it. It's really important. But singing does that. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, so when did you in, in in your lifetime? When did you realize that you had an amazing singing voice? And do you remember your first public appearance? Do you remember the first time you got up in front of people? I'm sure you were nervous, right? It was horrible. <laughs> I was too, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and this voice came out, and people were like, vaguely, you know. yeah. It was around that third grade time. Um, like I said, I was always singing at home and singing, you know, Helen Reddy, of course, and the country divas and all this other stuff. Right, um, right. And kind of inspired by my, you know, girlfriend with her kind of gospel thing, and so I kind of, you know, started playing around, getting a bit more open and, and bold at home, and. Well, I got my first solo in third grade, and we had our matching T-shirts with their names on them and our little song. And I said, you know, and I, I got a solo, and I was excited and nervous and, you know, didn't really know how it was going to go and everything like that. But, um, yeah, it was instantaneous. As soon as I sang <clears throat> that little bit of a solo, you know, my friends, the audience, the parents, the teachers, everyone just went, oh. And I go, like, oh, um, Okay, Uh, you know, it was like yummy and terrifying at the same time. You know, I didn't really know how to process that, especially because I was so young and so insecure and so riddled with just, you know, anxiety and everything like that. That It was just like, I like this, but it's frightening and I want to do more of this, but I'm not so sure. And it just really was kind of a, you know, kind of a head trip. It was uh, an exhilaration, I'm sure, for you. It was, it was. And then, of course, it was, you know, a season at school. You go and you do your little show, you know, several times and we toured to other schools because it was always as a positive message to the show. So, you know, you want to tour it around. So, you know, the more I got used to it, um, the more comfortable I became with it. It was just sort of, you know, okay. It was fun. It felt really good. It was nice to see that people were happy and that, you know, made them feel good. And um, and then it just kind of grew from there. As I say, my music teacher, our music teacher was incredible, very intuitive, very sensitive. What's the name again? Mrs. What? Mrs. Dietrich. Miss Dietrich. She was fabulous. Marlena Dietrich. I know, I know, I know, I know. No, she was great, and her father was a music teacher, and I uh, later on did some, you know, work with him. And, you know, he had me come and dance at some of his, uh, you know, reviews and shows that he did and everything. Um, but she was just great. She opened up the world to us, and I, I don't know how common this was because we were a very poor school. I mean, it was the middle. We were on just <laughs> on the north side, just up on North Avenue. We were poor. The school had, but we had um, Paris come in that would teach like creative movement and interpretive dance. And I know, I know. I mean, just this mind blowing stuff that, you know, kids in our, our uh, tax bracket would normally never be exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, so third, fourth and fifth grade, man, we just, we were steeped in music and styles and movement and uh, encouragement. And it was really great. Wow. It's amazing. Do you remember the first that that 
that song that you did that was a solo, or, or does it go back that far to you? Because I remember the name game. My parents right. told my my relatives told me that story. I don't remember singing that. I, I know the song now of because course. I you know over the years I said, well, I gotta gotta learn it now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Probably Rainbow Connection because we did the whole. Oh, the Kermit song. Yeah, yeah. the Kermit song. Yeah. Oh, that's a but pretty then song. later on in junior high and high school, I also went to an arts junior high. Arts High School. Um, my, I had a couple songs. One was The Rose. Bette Midler. Bette Midler. And then the big one was um, Tomorrow. Um, Annie. The song come out tomorrow. Yeah, that was my silly. Like every show, you know, they dropped me out and I would I would do those songs. So those were kind of my big songs. Oh my, Annie's, Annie's a little tough. It was, you it's, have, yeah. You have, for a young child, you know. Yeah. Like Andrea McArdle did it on Broadway for the first time when I heard it, and she got standing ovations for ten minutes when right. she sang oh, yeah. that. It's for a, a young child, that's a it's a that's a challenging song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I did it well, <laughs> but uh, I did it. No, I'm sure she did, folks. <laughs> Don't listen to her. She's very modest. She's very modest. From what I know of you, you're very modest. So, um. That, so your, that was your first public appearance. Do you remember your first professional appearance, like when you became a singer, quote unquote, and started performing, right. you know, um, professionally? I guess is the yeah. Term. Not clearly, because I I would have blanked out. I mean, I really <laughs> you have, were nervous. Yeah, I mean, I I've I've had you know lifelong just chronic anxiety, really deep anxiety. Do you still have um, when you go on oh, stage? Oh sure, I'm. Oh yeah. Can I tell you something? Don't, because I've heard you sing. You 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 could sing the phone book, and it would be amazing. I'm thank telling you, you, folks. Please, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke here. Um, you. you don't have to be nervous. Yeah, believe me. No, it's. Just, I've heard uh, people that uh, I went to like you know jazz clubs and you know people that could sing, and <laughs> <laughs> right, and and me and my husband would look and go, okay. You know, (laughs) but you believe me, there's no, no no worries. Well, and and I talk about it because it's, it's when I was a child and maybe you you know this, we didn't talk about things and I'm not, I mean, trigger warning, I will not go into details and I don't go into details because it's just a lot. When it comes up per individual I'm talking to, I share some of my story, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I was put into uh, you know fight or flight when I was four, too young to know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, because of a, a situation that you know again, this is not kind of show, so I want to get into that now. But you know, and then it was just kind of one thing. It was just after another. So it's okay to say it's been a rough ride. <laughs> you know, getting through it. You know, I uh, got to talk myself off the cliff every every once in a while. And when those things get triggered. Uh, which sometimes in our in our world now there is really no real fight or flight. It's very rare. Yeah. But life can feel as though there are lions and tigers and bears chasing you all the time. Yeah. You know, and because that trigger can get stuck in that mode, and we don't know what to do with it. Um, so I've learned how to process that. I've become someone who wants to advocate and help others learn how to do that as well because there was no therapy back then. There was no there was no one to say, you're doing okay? <laughs> Look like you're having a rough time. Can I help you out there? Yeah, Do you need yeah. to talk about anything? There was none of that. You just had to live with it, schlep it around all, all your life. So, yeah, you yeah. know, it wasn't until I, until I was probably in my early 20s when there was finally an intervention to say, okay, let's unpack some of this for you and help you mm-hmm. process this. But that first applause... 
that you get after that first number just wash. does that I'm wash just, you absolutely are you totally in a different yes a different space yes. at that point yes because i can imagine that's that it's washes incredible. it clean yeah, yeah it, it's absolutely very healing um especially because it's when you're younger like that it's just so pure and innocent you're just singing this really pretty song that your teacher gave you and you've been practicing and working really hard and to just get genuine you know, immediate feedback that this was good, this is really nice, and we feel happy, and you feel happy, and you know, you get that endorphin rush, and it feels really good, and it's mm-hmm. kind of a release. And and I know many times throughout my career, you know, and I kind of thought, gosh, this isn't going well, this is really hard, I'm not sure, you know, maybe I was just given music to be healing balm for myself. Maybe I'm not really supposed to have a career in it, you know, and that, that because that alone would be enough. Because it really is. Music is a medicine. Absolutely. It really, really, it, to me anyway, because I, like I said, well, you don't know my whole story, but in a, in a very short nutshell, I was abused as a child. My stepfather was awful. Um, but my little record player in my room was yeah. my refuge. Yeah. I would, you know, I would save my lunch money that I didn't spend and I'd buy 45 records. Now, for the young people out there who don't know what that is, it's They're about great. yay big, yeah. right? Had yeah. a big hole in the middle. <laughs> and you put it on the record player and you play, and you could play the song as much as you want. Uh, and Elvis Presley, Love Me Tender. Was that your first 45? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Mine was... Um, as an was an album because my mother used to uh, belong to Columbia House. Remember though? You, oh you, yes. You get you and buy you one order. album and you <gasps> and you get five free or something. That was so exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And she got an um, a Batula Clark album. I Ooh. know a place. Nice. And nice. It, it was a female artist who was singing rock and roll. Right. And, <laughs> and and everything else she had was Montavani and all this yeah, other yeah. like you know schmaltzy stuff mm-hmm. but but Petula was rocking yeah you know you know I know a place where the music it was it was mm-hmm. a lot of drums and very musical and very yeah. rhythmic <clears throat> and yeah got my got my start with Petula and moved right along into Helen in the 70s mm-hmm. and uh, those were my two favorites yeah. growing up yeah yeah absolutely so speaking of Helen what <laughs> speaking of Helen <laughs> didn't see that coming <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> I just pulled that out of thin air. <laughs> Helen Reddy, um, uh, she was one of your musical influences growing up. Um, did you have any others before we talk about Helen? Because this is what this is about the show. But it, did you have any other before? Because Helen came out in the seventies. Right. Were there any people prior to Helen that you uh, listened I, to? I don't remember. Think so. I had the childhood. You know, like Burl Ives did some. I don't even remember now. I just remember Burl Ives' voice. There was some album with Burl Ives. I had Holly this... Jolly Christmas is the one that comes to my no, mind. No, he did some kind of story song album, something. Oh, it was really? really great. Okay. It was very okay. comforting. He has a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah, really. I loved his voice. You know, and then I had this. So, yeah, before that. No, I mean, it was early. It was very, very early. You know, we did a lot of moving around. We were in the midst of, you know, <clears throat> dad's clearly not, not hanging out, you know, and, and moving around. And I uh, was very young and would move, I think, five when we'd moved to Michigan. So there's a lot of tumult, a lot of stuff going on. She's trying to figure out how to get a job. She's got a college education. Which, you know, what's she going to do? So it was a pretty much Helen Reddy from the beginning. Really? Yeah. Like me? Yeah. Well, see, I'm, I think I'm a little older than you. We won't go there, though. No, we don't but... go there. <laughs> Bad for business. <laughs> Bad for business. <laughs> well, my audience thinks I'm 32. <laughs> but no. <laughs> I don't talk about it. But um, I, like I said, 
the first female artist that I was able to listen to and have the record was mm -hmm. Petula Clark. Yeah. But they kind of are in the same mold, mm -hmm. Helen and Petula. They're, you know, downtown. And and then you have Delta Dawn and you have Leave Me Alone and Helen Reddy's side that were very rhythmic and powerful songs as well, yeah. pop songs. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> before I ask the next question, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to read a quote from the president of the Helen Reddy Official Fan Club. His name is Jim Keaton, mm -hmm. and we both know him. Yeah. I've known him for years. Oh, have you? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, I've been a Helen Reddy fan since I was two. No, she okay. wasn't out when I was two. She, actually, the first time I heard her sing, I was 11. Okay. Because um, I Don't Know How to Love Him was her first single. Oh, right. Uh, it blew, blew me away. When I heard her voice, yeah. I mean, because that song, um, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of people are into you know technical technical music, but when you hear it, she, it goes from a low note, and then in one next breath, she's up there, you know. Yeah. I don't know how to love him. You know, it's yeah. like you know. Yeah. And then there's parts that are you know go to the stratosphere. So yeah. it, I was just, and then after I heard the song, I, I had to run out and buy that record, of and then the next thing you know, it was it was a. Uh, an addiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. You know. Well, and I could spend a whole hour just talking about her technique, her vocal technique. Yeah, she please. I would... So um, kind of, you know, poo-pooed like, oh, she's just saying probably, no, 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 no. Let me break it down for you. <laughs> you know, that's some So um, this is what Jim Keaton said. This is a quote from Jim Keaton. He said, Erin Livingston herself, an ardent Helen Reddy fan, did not try to impersonate Helen. Rather, Erin paid homage or homage to Helen through her outstanding vocal abilities and the stories of how the superstar influenced her own life. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It took my breath away when I read that the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's an amazing compliment. He he doesn't do that very often. Yeah, well, and he would know. But, Obviously, he would have some, you know... Uh, he didn't even do that with... Um, with the I Am Woman movie, the the artist who was in it, but oh. she had just basically just was an actor in the movie, or she didn't sing her own stuff. But with you, he that was a very That's high huge. compliment, That's, huge, yeah. yep, very huge. Yep. So you and I are both huge Helen Reddy fans. As you know, Helen Reddy passed away in mm -hmm. September of 2020. It's I cried crushing. for like a week. It's crushing. It was crushing for me, and I'm sure it was crushing for you. Absolutely. Um, she 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 did so much for not only for women with that song. I mean, it empowered women, but it empowered gay people like Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I mean, Jim will tell you the same story. Absolutely. You know, we heard that song and we were like, "Hey, uh huh." Women women are strong. We are strong yeah. and we're invincible and yeah. we can do anything. Yeah. The song is just over over the top to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, how did it come about that you decided to pay tribute to the late singer and perform selections of her songbook in concert? So what precipitated that? Well, I've <clears throat> always been obviously in love with her. And, uh, you know, the song I Am Woman really was a, a seed that needed to be germinated over time. Because I remember as much as we were obviously, you know, pro Helen Reddy and singing her songs and we had the, you know, the original I Am Woman album in the home and everything like that, I remember distinctly distinctly um, first, second, third grade, my mother had such a hard time getting a job, keeping a job. It was just brutal. And supporting a family. Uh, yeah, and mm -hmm. it, it was just horrible. And even at my very young age, I could see very clearly this is a man's world. 
Uh, and when women are involved, it's a sexualized man's world. It's very uncomfortable. I don't feel safe. I don't feel good in my skin. Clearly things are, you know, this is tough. Um, and yeah. I remember not, and this is this is a term that gets used in a different way nowadays, So, but I did not feel comfortable with my gender identity at all. I did not feel comfortable being a girl because to me, girl, woman, female meant victim. It meant you were a victim waiting to happen. Wow. Um, so it was really tough for me. Mm-hmm. I never watched sports, but I had basketball sheets, you know. I never had pink, frilly, anything. I didn't want to be associated with anything feminine. Because so you were a tomboy meant... when you grew up. Well, actually, I wasn't a tomboy, but I just, I didn't, like, I was, just, this was a very scary thing to identify with because that means you're just a victim waiting to happen because it's a tough world out there. Yeah. You know, um, so, you know, she was she was integral to, to, to my youth, you know, grew up, life happens, and there's a you know, and... Uh, get through the, you know, the marriage was uh, an interesting parallel to the song, which, you know, I, my kids are a little bit older and I started, I kind of said, well, you know, I can carry a tune with minimal assistance. Maybe I'll try to, you know, connect with a musician and see if I can get some work and, you know, I'm going to do something. And I did. And it was, uh, it was great and, and all that. And um, I was trying to freshen up my, I've told the story before, but kind of freshen up my set list. It's been a couple of years and I was going through my iTunes, which at this point is, you know, like 8,000 songs or something. And I remember oh, you know, yeah. scrolling, scrolling, <laughs> scrolling, scrolling, something new out here. I remember seeing the I Am Woman song. And of course, my heart went, oh, yeah, that, you know, but I thought, ugh, I don't think I can sing that out. I just didn't think people would receive it, you know. I thought people would think it was be hokey or dated or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think it's still just subliminally didn't feel like we had a whole lot of support necessarily, you know. Um, and so I kind of kept scrolling past it and looking for other songs, but it just, stayed on my mind and so I went back and I listened to it again and it had been I lost track it had been a while since I listened to the song me too for it's been a while yeah yeah and by this time um I was divorced you know it was a it's a rough ride for 17 years and you know uh, a lot of things happened and when I listened to that song again I sat there and was absolutely blown away that I could see the timeline of my life and how it paralleled not just the songs that I grew up with of Helen Reddy's, but I Am Woman became, while it was a national song, an international song, because for a movement, it was for all of us, it was very specifically mm-hmm. my song now. And that feels terribly selfish to say, because it's such a huge anthem that for all of us, but really in that moment, I just, it like the circle happened and I was... It was very therapeutic. I released a lot of stuff in that moment, but I also kind of re-owned that song. Like, yeah, this is where I'm at now. I um Yeah. You know. She's she's looking down on you and she's very proud of you. I, I think. Because I, I believe I honestly, in spirituality and I do too, and I and I really feel I that I think she's living in you and she because she's not here to, to sing that anymore. And right, but she some, is but, here. Yeah, well yes. She is here. But you're you're singing it. And people are hearing it again because that message in that song is so powerful. And, it's incredible. And a lot of people, even I, I know women to this day, they say when they hear it, they get goosebumps. Yeah. Because it's it, they remember the power that that song had yeah. at the time. And and from that, my original inspiration was to do a show on Helen Reddy, 
but to do sort of a theatrical version, which I, I've yet to do, but really in kind of unpacking like sort of one woman's journey with Helen Reddy and her music, because honestly, really 10 to 8, specific story in my life where that belongs, peaceful, specific story that belongs in my life. Remember the, remember that, that part of my life. Um, and I, but from that moment on, I was determined to try to do a Helen show. And I was telling you earlier, I'd mention it to people, you know, like, hey, I've got this great idea. And they'd all go, eh, she's so obscure, Helen. Hmm. No, it'll come out for a Helen show. That's too bad. Think of something else, honey. And, you know, I just Now it's like, selling out. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. You know, but they say, you know, do what you love. Do what you love. But I love Helen already. But you're telling me I'm just a Helen nerd or something. You know, so uh, that kind of put it on the back burner I'm for a while, thinking I obviously don't know what I'm talking about, I guess. <laughs> you know. I'm going to tell you something, and I really, truly believe this. She is probably, in my my estimation the most underrated female vocalist of all time because you you know if Amen. you if you listened if you ask younger people today who's Helen they don't know who she I have is no clue but everybody else they know they don't oh Carol King I'm not saying that I don't like Carol I love oh, no, no, it, no, them no, all absolutely. but yes, I'm yes. saying why would you eliminate one of the biggest singers not not uh bring her into the modern day right. and keep her legacy alive absolutely. especially with a song like that oh well and a song like that, it, it's anthemic. It has a real place in our history as a people, but also just musically, why she's not up there. Because I can tell you from having Beyond to sing, me. it's one thing to sing her stuff in the shower or the car and whatever, but to sing her stuff with integrity in front of people, <laughs> you know, I mean, you realize you got to pull out all the stops. She did not shy away from anything. Intervals, range, nuance. She brought everything, oh my everything God, yeah. technically. And I actually, um, I, I teach voice at McPhail. And very often you'll hear me quoting to my students, watch this video from Helen Reddy. You watch her abdomen. It's an absolute master class yeah, in breath Yeah, did you see control. that video when they yeah. showed like how she, yes. she her breathing technique? Yes. Oh, it's, it's crazy. And the thing that is so magical, and I don't get me, ugh, I could talk forever about technique, but... She's she's exercising her instrument, and yet the rest of her completely relaxed. No extra energy. Oh, my God, you're giving me the chills. Absolutely. All. Her throat, her face, her neck, everything is just right here. She's so she's at right, home on this centered, stage. Yeah. You know, she's centered her physical energy, her mental energy. It's all channeled into the music. And I want to tell the it's audience incredible. something. I, you know, we're talking about I Am Woman, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Oh. I mean... I, I'll tell you that You and Me Against the World was the yeah. song my mother dedicated to me. Same here. That was our song. That was our, You listen to that song, and you, if you lost your mother or parent, um, and you listen to the words of that song and, and the way she sings it yeah. with such feeling, you, if you don't have a box of tissues next to you, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be shocked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's funny, generationally, it was... Your and your mother's song. It was my and my mother's song. Um, and as I went through my, you know, my marriage, which, as I said, was, you know, it was abusive, it was rough, it was challenging. It was my song to my children because mm -hmm. we were alone. We were completely isolated, you know, mm -hmm. uh, not only having a special needs child, very isolating. People don't come around having a scary, abusive husband. People, you know, yeah. I had a wonderful mentor mom who was, you know, very, very dear to me. And uh, she stopped calling. She stopped coming around because I just didn't want to do or say anything that would make it worse for you when I left. So the safest thing she could do would be to leave. Mm. So that means it's literally just you and me. Me against I guess the so world. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you and know. then I went full circle when um, um, I got married in 2015 with my husband. And I we can't, my husband and I, we just can't listen to 
You're My World yeah. without crying. Because yeah. the words of that song, it, it, it was the wedding song of the, of the decade, right. along with We've Only Just Begun yeah. by the Carpenters. Mm -hmm. But when you listen to the words of that, the love that she expresses in yeah. that song and the notes, oh, yeah. I mean, she's in the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I get, I'm getting the chills just yeah. listening to it in my head. Yeah, she was the master practitioner. She yeah. really was. Yeah, yeah, beautiful song. Um, but again, there's so many. I mean, then there, there were the so hits, many. and then there were album cuts. The the song she did in Pete's Dragon. Right, yeah. Well, there were songs Candle that, that should have been hits. I mean, don't get me started on, on Leon Russell's Bluebird. That was, oh. and how it was arranged, it was played. I mean, that would, to me, that's just, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, at the end, when she sings it live, uh, at the end, she she goes on and on and on with that note. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's incredible. There's so much music. Matter of fact, I you know was excited when I finally you know the universe kind of uh, gave me the green light to do the Helen Reddy show, and I was like, okay, let's let's go, let's do this. And I started writing and plotting and planning and arcing and choosing the songs. And I, at one point, just stood back and started to kind of like you know get shaky and think, oh my gosh, I can't do this. There's too much history from her there's too there are too many stories there are too many songs too many hits i can't do her justice in one show and i called jim keaton in tears and said i the can't president, do this by the way. Yeah, yeah the president yeah. i said what if i do it wrong i could hurt your feelings and make you mad like because <laughs> it's just too much it's too hard there's too much there yeah you um, can't do you can't do her songbook in one show it's no impossible. no it was ridiculous and yeah. even some of my favorites didn't make the cut for this show um which speaks to my integrity as a producer. Uh, but, um, but you know, uh, good news, I'm writing a second show because I can't leave you, uh, you know, and have you not know all this other music that she did. So I'm writing a second show with, you know, more of her music and more stories about her because it deserves, it needs to be told. You know, you mentioned young people don't know her. I've been shocked at how many women, 40s, 50s, 60s, think, oh, she sang that one song. No. They're also kind of disconnected from her historically, her story, and musically. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know Helen Reddy, you're going to love the show. Her music was amazing. And I'm doing homage to the original arrangements that she did because they were flawless. Mm. Uh, Mark Ash, my piano player, described them as sublime. So they're being charted note for note, her original arrangements, because they really were outstanding. What are some of your, uh, other than I Am Woman, obviously, yeah. what are some Helen Reddy songs that give you a chill when you hear it or, or move you to, yeah. to the point when you sing them? Sometimes you, 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 you feel tough. a tear coming down. You it's know? tough. Yeah, it was tough doing such a personal show, so many personal songs. Um, and I couldn't get too personal during the show, obviously. It's a show. <clears throat> you know, it's a different kind of show. But uh, Peaceful, uh, for me, oh. that. What yeah. a song, man. Yeah, it's it's just huge, and it reminds. It me only went to number twelve on the on the Billboard charts, which shocks me because yeah. it should have been at yeah. least top it's ten. It's an amazing one, story. It's an amazing vibe and energy uh, that it has. Um, but it reminds me distinctly of a, a period in my life. You know that little bubble of innocence before you you know kind of realize what what the world you know is, is really like out there. And oh, yeah. um, you know we were I was a hippie kid, and you know I talk about this in the show. It reminds me of. You know, the old drippy windows, and we had this, you know, old, uh, like, Victorian uh, duplex that we lived in, and the bottles of 
LaSalle wine, you know, with the color droopy candles and dandelion <laughs> wine brewing in the kitchen. And, you know, it was just that beautiful, warm, wonderful feeling. Um, 10 to 8, that's my Stella Gettner Groove Back song. That's, that's, that's David Castle, thing. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Bluebird, you know, was just, I, I love the rhythm and the feel of that. Birthday song, the opening of birthday song, just that. You know, that jazzy feeling? Love was, the way love yeah, me. it was really kind of a new... Yeah. F- I, ex- I think a lot of us do, but I mean, I really experienced music very viscerally in my body. Mm-hmm. So that the space that was there in, musically, you know, it wasn't jammed full of horn and It was just that a light groove that just was so delicious and yummy. And it sets up the song so beautifully and it stays mm-hmm. kind of you know, light and uh, the way that some of the, her songs move, the way they were arranged is really incredible. I, I, I could go on and on and on, on and on and on. I wish we, I so wish we had songs. a two-hour show here. Yeah. It would be amazing. <laughs> my, my, uh, I'm going to throw some out of my favorites. Um, I, you don't have to tell me if you're going to do them because I want to be surprised. <laughs> because um, there's one um, song she did called I Can't Say Goodbye to You. Uh, okay. Killer. 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 Get the box of tissues, folks. Yeah. I don't know if you're doing it. Don't tell the audience because they'll find out. Another one is Emotion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she she has the best version of that song I've ever heard. Because originally it was a French song, I Mm -hmm. believe. And uh, she, and her version of You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. Yeah. On on one of her later albums, it was when she was with uh, MCA Records. She mm-hmm. left Capitol. They had a dispute. And then she went to <clears throat> MCA for two albums. Um, she was having problems with her husband at the time. And it was a lot of drama. But yeah. that album was great. And that song, and, uh, you know, it's a Dusty Springfield song. Mm-hmm. But she, she put... You know, oh. octane in that. <laughs> Absolutely, she did. Yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely. It, it was high. Incredible. Loved it. You heard that one? Absolutely. Uh, uh, um, I'm, I can't, I'm try- oh, I, of course, I don't know how to love him was the first song that, that grabbed my, you know, grabbed me by the neck. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, who's singing this? I want, yeah. I want this record. Her version of Crazy Love. Yeah. Yeah. By Van really Morrison. Sweet. Love it. Beautiful song. Yeah. I and mean, that's the version that I grew up with first. Yeah, but it was first. a single, and it, yeah. she, it, it was a hit for her. Top yeah. 10 yep. on the Love adult it. contemporary charts. It's her first top 10, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. number, what's number eight? I know all about her, so you can go on. I can give you the numbers, wh- where she charts, and all yep. this stuff. But um, even Van Morrison, uh, you know, he didn't release it as a single, and right. she saw that, that that was a beautiful song. And it, yep. it should have been released as yeah. a single, and she did it, and it was great, you know. Um, I could go on, you know. Um, I love, I love her version of uh, Delta Dawn. Yes. Because everybody always says, "Oh, it's Tanya Tucker's song." No. Mm. Tanya did the country version uh, right. as a young girl. I think she was twelve. And Helen did it as an adult woman. Mm-hmm. It was written in the key for Barbara Streisand. I don't know if you know this story. Mm, I did not know this. Barbara refused to do it. She didn't like the song. Mm, okay. And the only one, this is what the what the producer said. His name was Tom Catalano. The only credible person, oh. this is amazing, this story, that he thought would be able to do it justice was yeah. Helen Reddy because oh, it was in Barbara's great. key. Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, she's a rangy girl. <laughs> and she, yeah. she she had a key change at the end. Yeah. And, she, and at the end of her career, she always said, I... Yeah, you know, I, I I do it in my show, but it's it, it's challenging because now I'm older and 
women's voice voices change when yep. they get old. She was still in the same register at the end of her Unbelievable. career. Unbelievable. I saw her on uh, the Marie Osmond show, mm-hmm. and I I couldn't. Yes. I, I was prepared. I mean, <clears throat> obviously loved her, worshipped her, but I was prepared when she was going to sing. I kind of went, okay, it'll be fine, you know, because she was quite mature at that time. She was about 70... Seven? Yeah. 76? I, I'm not sure. I was distractedly moved by her delivery. It was spot on. But also, I couldn't help, you know, the technician in me couldn't help but go, oh my gosh. I mean, she was still flawless in her technique. It was absolutely drop dead fabulous. With only the accompaniment of a pianist. Yep, that's it. Very light piano. Full delivery. The audience wrecked. Did you see the audience? Did you see oh, the audience? We were all... They were panning the audience. They were in tears. The girls yeah. were crying in the audience. Yeah. Uh, I was the same. I just sat there going, <laughs> I can breathe. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, I know you're not going to give the audience <laughs> the set list. <laughs> it's a surprise. So if you go, you'll 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 hear all Trust the... me, you'll you'll be happy. I was really very very nervous because a lot of the um the fan club members from around the country flew in for the show. No pressure. Uh easy peasy. The president I thought, even flew holy, in. Yeah. The pre- yeah, the pre- I thought holy cow, there be- and because we'd already determined you cannot do all of her hits in one show. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to be disappointing people and I was ready for people to come and go, "Why didn't you do this?" and why didn't you know, um everyone was thrilled, everyone was happy and just know that I'm writing another show. We'll get them all in eventually. But yes, you will hear, you will hear Delta Dawn. You will hear Angie Baby. You will hear, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to say too much, but you know, you'll hear a lot of other great, great, great songs. Yeah, you Angie know, it's, Baby it's a really is good a show. Biggie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number it, one Billboard yeah. single. Yeah. It, it was fun. The, our first rehearsal. You know, I've seen these great musicians. They've toured the world. They played with everyone, and a lot of them were like, "Oh, Helen Show. Okay, uh, yeah, she did that one song, right? Again, could you see that one song? You know, they were loosely familiar. So of course, I sent them the music and you know, set list to listen to and everything. And our first rehearsals were setting up. I could hear in the bottom of my hat, behind my back going, "Man, these songs." These are amazing. Those arrangements. Who did this? Who are the cats on this album? Whoa, this is great stuff. I had no idea she was so hip. Man, she was hip. Yeah, and what chords, pipes. I mean, they were all of them were just like blown away yeah, yeah, yeah. by what they did not know about Helen Reddy and that she rocked it. Yeah. Well, she was in a day when women singers weren't. I mean, of course, there was Janis Joplin and there was <laughs> Tina Turner, people like that. But as a white artist, there weren't that many that were, were blowing it out like she was and doing rock and roll and mm-hmm. and, and uh, doing it credibly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we have eight minutes left here. Oh so um, now we've come to the part of the show I like to call The Shift, where I shift the question away from your personal journey and to your opinions on current events. It's like a lightning round, but don't forget to say the F and shift because otherwise the sponsors have a have a conniption. So you have to say shift. 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 Okay. Some people say shifita. So, um, <laughs> so as you may be aware by now, um, I'm going to read this so I get it right. Uh, Hunter Biden made a surprise appearance at a House Oversight Committee hearing intended to conduct a vote to hold him in contempt for defying a subpoena. Meanwhile, by his showing up, he demonstrated that he was willing to publicly testify before Congress, even though the Republicans say he's not being cooperative. That was a brilliant move on his part. And uh, the reason that this dog and pony show is even happening is by the direction of the twice impeached, 91 times indicted ex-president. 
because he he directs. It's almost like a movie. He directs them. It tells them, "All right, you stand here. You do this." <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts about that? Isn't it? Ama- it was an amazing uh, show of of courage by absolutely. Hunter Biden. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'll I'll tell you what my stance is because I've been saying this for so long now. Um, I remember when I was in high school. People, uh, the, the upperclassmen, talking about politics and government and everything. And I thought, why do I not know what they're talking about? Because as my grade came up, they stopped teaching civics class. They don't teach civics class anymore. Hmm. So regardless of your opinion, regardless of where you stand on the on the right or left or whatever, if you don't understand the basic functioning of our government, it doesn't work that way. You can't just say, well, just don't certify the election. It doesn't work that way. That's You're going to base how... an insurrection on that. It doesn't work that's that way. That's not how it goes, You know, folks. that's not how we're doing this. So <laughs> I, I think that fundamentally, other than the terrifying, you know, that's actually your core belief. You know, um, I was talking with someone the other day when you're, you're meeting new people. I have to kind of double check, like, the, the earth. Round, right? We're both on the same page. Let's just at least establish that first. Otherwise, like, you'd right. fall off the edge. Right, you? right. So, you know, but I mean, if we, I think honestly, oh, really, I think establishing, I mean, it used to be just a given. You had civics class. You had to know how the government works because we're sending you out there to vote and be part of the government. Mm-hmm. You know, people really don't get it. They think it makes me feel mad. Therefore, we're not going to do that. No, you cast your vote or you run for office yourself. You play by the rules. It'll get to, you. You know, you work within the system. You can't just say, I don't like it. So we're just going to ignore you or not take the vote or not listen to your let you speak or whatever. You know, I, I think a yeah. lot of it comes down to because, frankly, I'm terrified. <laughs> it is absolutely terrifying, the climate right now that yeah. you can't have. You know, I would love to have an intelligent conversation with someone that has a different view. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. But you know what? I'm going to be uplifting today. Yes. Because um, I I was told that I think it's, Patrick, it's the 27th of, would be the date that the show is going to be on the radio. Is that right? Yeah, he's nodding. Um, so uh, January the 27th, which is a Saturday, is going to be the premiere of the Downright Upright show on the radio. That's amazing. amazing. It's going to be in a block with all LGBT shows. Fantastic. How exciting. I'm so excited about it. Congratulations. That's Thank amazing. you so much. And I'm so honored that I got this opportunity because I think our, yeah. like I said, our our views are not getting out there. Yeah. And uh, we are people just like everybody else. Absolutely. All we want to be is just like everybody else. Yeah. And our views and our, and our um, issues are important to talk Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Huge. And since I am a member of the LGBTQ community myself, I always feel I must address address our issues. Mm-hmm. So the Minnesota Timberwolves, this is this is interesting, celebrated the LGBTQ community on their annual Pride Night this past Friday. The event was presented by Jack Daniels. So thank you, Jack Daniels. Woo-hoo! I love Jack Daniels. Uh, the game versus the Portland Trailblazers featured festive in-game entertainment and uh, special recognition of local organizations that are oh, dedicated great. to uplifting this and supporting the LGBT community. And the end... Uh, the, to end the night on a high note, the Wolves routed the Trailblazers by a score of 116 to uh, 93. Oh, fantastic. So, of course, the homophobes and transphobes tried to put a damper on the event by posting attacks on the, com- on the community on their Facebook page and other social media. But the oh. wet blankets didn't affect the positivity of the night. <laughs> Yeah, that's didn't work. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. could you could put a, a damper on it, but it didn't work out. People right. were there and celebrating yeah. and having a Absolutely. great time. So, what do you think about that? 
Well, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think about that. I'm kind of shocked. I'm sort of taken aback. I, yeah, um, me you know, too. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I think it's particularly hard. I mean, I, I've just, I've always grown up in the arts community. I grew up as a hippie kid. We just, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I think it's because it's basketball and it tends to be a heterosexual, a more testosterone space. Uh, yes. Kind of a thing, heteronormative Having gay, activity. Gay people talked about is probably you know against their um, you know yeah beliefs. Well, I, I think it's hard for a lot of people who maybe haven't been exposed. You know, like like I said, I just grew up with it. It's just it's no big deal. You know, who kind of have this uh, caricature idea of the LGBTQ community, who they are, what they're about, what their agenda is. You oh, know, agenda. Uh, I love the, that word. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> clearly, y'all have an agenda. You know, and it's terrifying. Yeah. So before we end the show, because we have two minutes now, um, I just want to say happy. Uh, this show will not be um, today is MLK Mountain yeah. with the Kings uh, uh, Day. Um, I want to th- uh, thank everyone um, in, in the African American community Absolutely. for supporting all of us in, in every community and Martin Luther King's message of judge people by the content of the character and not the color of their skin, mm-hmm. which is a, a beautiful message. Yeah. And also today are the Iowa caucuses in Iowa, so we don't know anything what's gonna happen about that, but you, you'll you see by, by the end of the night. But yeah. this show will be uh, on, on on Thursday, so you'll, you'll know by that point what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. So unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show. Okay. Um, is there anything you want to say before we close the show really well, quick? It was wonderful being here with you. Thank you for inviting me. I sure appreciate it. You're oh, just a my. doll. You're adorable. I want to take you home with me. Um, <laughs> I brought something for you. I, um, people are always asking. I make my own skin care line. Um, so I brought a couple things for you. This is my Rose Hydrosol Face and Body Spray. Oh, wow. I'll show you how to use that later. And I brought you a little pillow spray. And then here's a little oh, a crystal you. and herb infused oil. Very high energy. Very lovely stuff. Um, but yeah, so just enjoy those. They're wonderful. They're lovely. I want you to feel all yummy. And I think every you need to have a spa day every day. Oh, my God. Thank you but, so yeah. much. And but thank um, you for having me. You bet. And I don't, I don't want to give the audience one final um, uh, um, uh, information about your show. For more information about uh, Erin Livingston, simply go to erinlivingstonsinger.com mm-hmm. to look for upcoming scheduled concerts and also to purchase tickets to Erin's I Am Woman, The Music of Helen Reddy. Yeah. Oh, I cannot wait. There's a link uh, on the website mm-hmm. to, to purchase tickets. Yeah. Uh, I already have mine. Get yours. Uh, and thank you for spending time with us today. And to Absolutely. our listeners, thank you for spending time with us today. And please look out for more of the Downright Upright Show in the Woo-hoo! future. AM950radio.com slash events slash Philip uh, with one L. And thank you for supporting us with your clicks, your subs. And Erin and I are going to kiss you goodbye. We love you. Love and you. go see uh, Helen Helen Reddy tribute show but with Ellen. Uh, Ellen, yeah, right. With Erin <laughs> Livingston. Love you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye.